<laughs> Welcome, everybody. The Casual Shooters podcast version of MMA Talk. This week, it's, or this episode, it's me and J.R. Crosby. How you doing, J.R.? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. I've been trying to get Joel and uh, Lane back on, but life keeps interfering. So it's JR and myself tonight, and hopefully next month, all four of us could be on. Now, that would be a, a hell of a podcast episode there. All right. So, James, or JR, your um, episode hasn't hit the podcast yet. So just real quick, let everybody know what your background is within, as it pertains to MMA. Uh, MMA-wise, uh, I've been pro for a while now. I uh, had a bunch of amateur fights. Started out when I was seven, making karate. Karate turned into wrestling. Wrestling turned into BJJ and kickboxing. And <laughs> morphed into MMA at some point. And a uh, bunch of amateur fights and jiu-jitsu and kickboxing later. Here, here I am. <laughs> now, do you have any brothers or sisters? I got two sisters. Okay, so probably not a whole, I guess not a whole lot of fisticuffs with them. I was thinking if you had a brother, it would be perfect. I had plenty of fisticuffs, don't worry. I had my dad and my uncles. So. <laughs> All right, there you go. All I had was a sister, so we got in our plenty, plenty of our fair share of fights, but nothing too crazy. Huh. Except the time she balled her fist up and hit me in the nose. Well, with my dad and uncles, you really never knew what you were going to run into. So you had pretty much no choice but to get tough at some point in your life. Right. Yeah, you don't have a choice. At 16, I was, my dad was in the Marines, and I, was, I would go on trips with him. And we were in Ohio for the national matches, and I was wrestling grown men then. <laughs> so I, I get it. I know what that's like. All right, we're digressing just a tad bit. Let me swing on over and pull these chats up, make sure I can see everything. Um, so we're here to talk about MMA. A lot of big fights we just had, a lot of fights coming up. Tomorrow night's an interesting one, not quite what I was hoping for, but regardless, uh, there is a championship fight tomorrow night. But what I want to start with before we get there is talking about some other relevant information as it pertains to MMA. Let me throw this up on the screen here. Have you heard that? TJ oh, yeah. Dillashaw retires? Yep, he's out. Out of, the yeah. out of his career. He's done, yeah. he said. For now. For right. Now. Yes, for now. Um, but I, I'm wondering... I mean, I know Henry Cejudo was calling him out saying he just wanted to get out of the USADA pool. But um, I'm wondering, too, though, apparently he's had multiple surgeries on his shoulders. So I don't know if this has anything to do with that, and that's part of the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been beat up for – the guy's been at it for a long time. I mean, mm -hmm. Jay's had – a ton of shoulder surgeries. I think he had something on his low back one time or neck. Um, so like some pretty significant injuries. So and his body is just, I mean, he's got a lot of miles. So it's yeah, always age, you know, 
can't all be like, you know, Glover and running around at 42 years old and winning a title for the first time. So he's got a lot of miles on him. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he also may take a couple years off and then come back. I mean, he's always going to have his name. He's the former champ, so he can come back anytime he wants. So, but there's not a lot, not a lot of uh, love lost between him and a lot of the other guys down in the division of that weight. So, um, doesn't surprise me that Henry's squawking at him a little bit, especially with his comeback. Now he's coming back, so he's going to be he out is. there a bunch. So he is. I've got a picture of that one coming up. Um, so with that, I wanted to go to wait. Which one did I have up? Okay, where'd you go, Kraus? Was the betting issue? So I didn't. I when it first came out. There was a lot of talk about some inappropriate betting going on, but I wasn't sure of the situation. Have you heard the story behind this? Um, yeah, I mean, I got kind of a gist of it. Um, you're not supposed to bet on anything you're involved with, like whether it's coaches, whether it's management. It's supposed to be completely unrelated to you, I guess. Something came up. Um uh, where Kraus was involved in it somehow. Um, at, well, fight as a- minor and yeah, and they, there was something to do with their fight. I don't know who bet on who. There was a bunch of rumors swirling around, but like any state you're allowed to bet in legally, you know, of course they tell you you're not allowed to bet on yourself or anybody else or anything to do with anything on the inside. You're supposed to be excluded. It's like a be no different than like the lottery excluding all the members of the lottery from winning. Uh, you know, because you're going to know inside stuff. You're going to hear stuff like there was everybody knew about Francis's knee before he fought Cyril gone and all that kind of stuff. So you're not supposed to really be involved in any kind of betting, really connect to the sport at all. Really, you know, when you're inside, at least in that promotion or anything of that nature. Of course, people are going to or, or do, and that's apparently what happened. And somehow it came up, and, yeah, I guess they're going to make an example out of them and make sure. Yeah. They don't want to lose the integrity of the sport. Plus, there's a ton of money made off of, you know, bet, you know bets. I mean, that's such a huge world. They don't want to – they don't want the states to start pulling licenses and, you know, right. laws against it and stuff. That's the last thing, the promotions and – all of them want so i thought maybe he bet on derek minner but apparently he knew minner was hurt he was going into the fight hurt and he actually put a bunch of money on um the other fighter mm-hmm. and made a bunch of money and they were saying that he was in a private discord room chat room and he was letting people know that Minner was hurt and he was going to be betting on the other guy. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, so that he kind of got, I mean, you always see that stuff come out. You just saw that Liver King stuff come out last week. And, you know, it was emails and people always share that stuff. So um, a lot of them have you sign like an NDA. Like I've had to sign that with, you know, a promotion. So um, we're not supposed to disclose anything that goes on in the locker room or any of that kind of stuff. So. I don't know if they have that and they violated it or any of that kind of stuff, but that's definitely a, that's definitely a big no-no, to say the least. Right. 
Hey, Southern Barbecue. How you doing, Bobby? Bobby it's my boy, Bobby. You got to have Bobby on here. If you want some entertainment, yeah. you got to get my yeah. boy Bobby on here. That is for sure. And, I mean, he, he obviously makes some fantastic barbecue, so you can't yeah, beat that. Trying to, he's going to yell at me. I can't remember the name of his dish he makes, but those cheese fries covered in pork. And, I don't know, I put it on my story, and my, my dietician was not happy with me. I got quite the <laughs> It was worth it. It was still Just worth tell it. me you're going to run for an extra 10 minutes to work it off. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried that. That didn't work, but I tried <laughs> It looked keto. I mean, ask. <laughs> I tried to say it was cauliflower fries. They didn't believe me. So. Uh, oh, here we go. He replied. Redneck Thank fries. Thanks, redneck fries. There we go. How could I forget that? So <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll never forget now. Never forget that. He practically named him after yeah. me. So yeah. Yep. Oh, now now look now. I can't seem to get off of any of these here. Hold on a second. How do I get rid of this thing now? I click on one and the other one shows up. Oh, there we go. That's what I do. Duh. The big blue button. All right. All right. So, yeah, that was very interesting. I guess he lost his license. Krauss did. Um, Minner was in cut. Nevada. So, yeah, just yeah. in Nevada. In Nevada. Yes, in Nevada. I don't know. It would depend on the state, you know, because you had to get licensed in every state. So, um, but a Correct. lot of times they'll adhere to the other states. Sometimes they'll honor them, sometimes they won't. They have reciprocity, some don't. So it just depends. So, um, right. I'll assume we'll see them again in at least a regional promotion somewhere um, at some point. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see them in the UFC again, but, you know, both those guys can, can definitely. Can definitely fight, so maybe you'll see him in the PFL or Bellator or something like that in the future. I don't think it's gonna completely disdain, but we'll see. Yeah, and I guess right now the UFC is not going to allow anyone that trains in his gym to compete in the UFC, so it's a very interesting situation. Sad yeah. tragic in a way. Yeah, it is, and I don't know if there's more to the story that I haven't let out. Um, so right. They, I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard too much more than that. Than everybody just kind of saw it, and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, that was stupid, and I don't know why he did that, you know, type of thing. It was especially the way he got caught. He was talking about it. Um, I guess it was a, I don't know, a chat room or something. We'd heard it was text or a group chat or something, but it might have been some kind of chat room i thought it was like messenger or something like on yeah i just read today it was something that just came out today that it was in a discord chat room so okay crazy so i'm yeah i'm surprised any i mean i'm not condoning it but i'm surprised that anybody would post anything like that in a in a quote unquote public even though it's private it's still a public room where other people can screenshot yeah. that stuff. People are going to screenshot that and send that out. You see how that, that's always how it goes. So I think I've even seen that in the USPSA. I'm not sure. That one would be past me, but possibly. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I had to, I have to share this because this is funny to me. 
This is Sean Strickland talking about if he fought Alex Pajeda again, saying he's a an effing big mother effer Brazilian who hits like dynamite. F. I'll give you guys a pointer. You stand in front of that mother effer and bang, somebody's going to sleep, and it's most likely going to be you. If I fight the guy again, I do the same effing thing. Just put my right hand up a little more next time. So I found that kind of funny. I don't, I don't think he, he needs to add a little more movement next time. Sean's insane, so probably. <laughs> I mean, the dude can bang. with You know, he just he got outclassed. I mean, but Alex is the best kickboxer in the world. Yeah, so and that's anybody. It, any, yeah, um, anybody but Alex. Okay, I'm good with you, Sean. But Alex, I think you need to come up with a better strategy. But you know what? Sean can lose the next five or six fights like that, and he still will be relevant because you know when he steps in, like it's going to be a fight. So yep, that's one of the guys. I've always said that, like about myself and other guys, and like my coaches, and that's what we've always said, like. You can go, you can go, you can go, you can go grapple. And I get yelled at all the time. Like the last, my fight before that, he was like, Hey, we're going to grapple. We're going to grapple, right? Like <laughs> you're supposed to be a high, high level jujitsu guy here, a professional. We got a guy that's, you know, a really good wrestler, but has very limited jujitsu background. And he's undefeated with all knockouts. Let's, let's grapple. And we didn't grapple at all. So, um, it's, he's always going to be relevant because of that. You know, when he gets in there, like he's going to stand in the center and he's going to, he's going to be entertaining. So he may go three and three, he may go and six or he may go six and oh, but I don't doubt that if they got in there and fought again, I mean, he would probably be definitely more cautious, but I guarantee he would do the exact same thing. That's just who he is. So, and that's probably why he'll be around for as long as he wants to be around. So right. he's got money at it. He's like a middleweight, Justin Gagey. Yeah, he's just gonna. He's just you know, he's got a heavy hand. Yeah, he's got a good chin. It's not that he doesn't have a good chin. It's just that when prayer hits anything, it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna leave, leave a mark. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Exactly. So now I don't know. There's a couple here. Um, I thought th- I think this would be a fight worth watching here. Zhang Wei Li, yeah, fighting Valentina Shevchenko is a must for sure, no question. I don't know for sure that I'll take the belt away from her, but I can guarantee it's going to be a banger. So if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, the, the one women's fight I would have wanted to see the most would have been, it probably is maybe still the most, would have been Kayla and Amanda, Kayla Harrison coming over from the PFL. And Amanda Nunes. Because that yeah. was the two... Agree. You know, and you know, Shevanka, she's incredible too, but um that would have been the most like interesting fight. I mean, it probably still is, but this would probably if this isn't first, this would be second. This this would definitely be a banger. Um and yeah, I that would be I would definitely still put my money on Shevanko because I don't think I think she's the best female fighter in the world right now. Uh, maybe outside of Amanda, she might be number two pound for pound, but she's she's definitely she's definitely one of the best that's ever done it by far in all of the women's division, not just her. So, right, and Valentina has taken Amanda to the bell, so right, and and gone to a decision with her. So she's very strong on her feet. This is the only woman I think, though, Zhang Wei Li, who really 
come who would move up in weight that would have a chance to really push Valentina? Yeah, I mean, she's definitely the one with the best chance. I don't, I don't, I think right. she would definitely push her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on her. Um, because Valentina, she's just so good, man. She's her, she's so technical. She hits hard. She's got cardio for days. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, I mean, don't let her do that to you, but <laughs> picking up a 295 pound Nagano, like, yeah, yeah, gotta get her that. She's strong. Yeah, she posted the video of it too. It was impressive. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I saw that where she just picked him up like an outside single there and just lifts him up. And Francis gets set back down. He's like, "What just happened?" He did. Yeah, he had that look yeah. on his face like, "What? How did she pick me up?" He says what he weighs in the video right there. I think he said he weighed like two ninety three. So Good he's lord, just south of three hundred pounds. So, um, yeah, that's a big man. Yeah. Still going with Valentina, though. I just think she's too technical, too fast, cardio for days, um, and too big and strong. So, I agree. It would be a good fight. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, Valentina's a small 135-er and a big 125-er. Right. So. Well, there's nobody outside of, you know, Amanda that I would bet – that I would not bet on Valentina, so – I don't know what this is, but we were just talking about people releasing information. Check your messenger inbox of JR training in high school. I'm not sure which one. I'm looking at different ones. I'm not seeing anything. But interesting. So somebody out there is releasing your, inf- your stuff. That would be good. It's got to yeah. be some, maybe boxing or something. I'd be curious to see what video it is now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I'm not seeing anything. But I'm, I've switched over to my casual shooter podcast page, so it might, be, it might end up being on my uh, other, I don't know. So anyway, interesting. I'll have to try to find that. Well, that's nice one. I, feel, I, got a feeling, I got a feeling it's my buddy, my buddy Brian. So Okay. That was one of my buddies from high school that I was actually just talking to earlier today. So he's come hang out with me at the gym. So I imagine he might have some, some old snippets we could look at. I'll have to find it. I'll have to figure out where he sent it and post that. All right. Now I've, there's been rumor. Um, and this is exciting to me. I like the idea of Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling getting it on. And Aljamain says, I'm announcing that I'm going to fight Henry Cejudo next. We are targeting March. I will say, brother, it's done, but it's still not done until there's ink on the paper, but it's done. But it's still kind of not done, but this is the fight that's going to happen next. So I, I, I guess they're just waiting on Henry, I assume, to sign it so they can, well, they can do it. Yeah, my guess is, too, that, you know, supposedly – Jones is going to come back and fight Francis, and they're targeting March. And yes. he's training now with Henry, and Henry's like his lead trainer. So I don't know, kind of like Glover and Alex. So I don't know mm. if he would want to fight at the same time that Jones has got a huge fight coming up so they could focus on one another and have their own camps instead of trying to share. Or if they would, you know, maybe they got their own enough coaches that they're going to train at the same time and try to do it on the same card just to make it 
a huge pay-per-view. Um, right, because they're they're yeah. both. I mean, they're both top billing. So, so yeah, I mean, they they might want with, their own card for that. Yeah, they might, or they might also just want to co-main event it and take a take a smaller amount of the pay-per-view points that you know Bones Jones and Nagano is going to bring in because that's going to be one of the biggest fights in UFC history. So. Um, you got Jones returning to see what he looks like at heavyweight, and you got Francis popping in there, and you know coming back off his layoff. So I could see that. I could either see them delaying that so they're on separate cards and their whole and their teams got because that's hard when you got a fight coming up. Like we've done that in our gym. Like when you got multiple guys with fights coming up, you know, even though they're completely different spectrum, and then you got like Henry who's pretty much a coach. Um, and you know, might as well, he should be because he's one of the best wrestlers to ever live. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of dedicate a lot to each individual guy. So I don't know if I see them both fighting on the same card, but they also might because you know Henry's Henry's already in the Hall of Fame. He's or he's going to be. You know, he's had an unreal career from wrestling all the way through MMA. I mean, you know, he just might be more interested in in the payday and being a co-main event because. The John Jones pay-per-view with Nagano is going to be insane. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I can see both ways. That's why I'm kind of thinking that's what they're waiting to see. It's either one of the two. They're waiting to sign on the same day or going to set it up for a different uh, different pay-per-view. So. I could see the Jones and Ganu fight breaking the pay-per-view by record. Yeah, I could see that. I would say it would be, it would be close. Absolutely. Be close. Now, I didn't have a picture of Jones, but that's what I was going to bring up as well. So that's a good point. So, or the good time, I guess, between Aljamain. So who would you pick in Aljamain and Henry? And who would you pick? It's harder to pick in Ganu, I think, than, and Jones, because Jones has been out so long. But who would you yeah. pick in that one? Uh I'm probably never going to bet against Henry because he's one of the best lighter weight of all the lighter weight classes. Like, talk about 155 and down, he's one of the best ever. Um, but, man, Sterling's, he's so underrated. Dude is so good. He's so fast. He's got cardio for days. He's got great striking. He's got super underrated jiu-jitsu. Um, so, it would not shock me. That one's hard because I don't know how Henry, if he's been training, he's been off for a while. He's got plenty of money in the bank, so is he going to train as hard as he used to? I don't know. That's a tough one to call. I would probably bet on Henry just because he's just so good, but it wouldn't surprise me, too, if Sterling took the W either. So um, it's just hard to go against Henry. I've been watching him since I was you know, younger. He's, I've always been a huge fan of his, so um, it'd be hard to go against him. Uh, so I'd probably pick Henry, and then uh, I'm going to pick – Naganu, just out of also pure hope, because I like Naganu, not a Jones fan. Fan of him in the cage, just not a fan of him outside the cage. And I would rather see Naganu take that win and, you know, stay at the top of the vision and see him fight Cyril Gan again. Uh, he obviously owes Stipe another fight because, you know, they're one and one so Stipe whenever he wants to fight because he's the goat at heavyweight still. Even if even if Nagano beats John Jones, he still doesn't move ahead of uh, Stipe, in my opinion, yet because we don't know how Jones is going to be at heavyweight. But, um, 
yeah, so I would pick Nagano, but that could go either way. I don't know if Jones is going to be, you know, if he survives the first round, first Francis, then it's going to be it's going to be tough because uh, Jones has always had great cardio. His IQ is insane, and Francis can wrestle. Uh, he can wrestle much better than he was able to before, but I don't think he's had enough time to anywhere get close to John Jones' level of of wrestling. So, Cormier, says I want him to win. I pick him, so maybe it's like a good omen. But uh, yeah, that one's gonna be tough. Um, that could go either either way very easily as well. So, just all depends on how if Jones is at his two hundred five form at heavyweight, then he's definitely gonna probably win that fight and continue to win fights at heavyweight, but we don't know what kind of form he's going to be in. That's a huge difference from, you know, fighting a 205 to now being 260. And, you know, he's not going to have that same reach advantage that he had at 205 because all these heavyweights are going to be the same height as him and similar reaches. So he's not going to have that advantage. He's also going to be smaller, even if he is 260, like Francis is cutting from nearly 300. So Right. That's a lot bigger man to, to wrestle around with, so maybe he doesn't get the takedowns on Francis like you know he did. I mean, but he also then again took down Daniel Cormier, who's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So it's a crapshoot. Just depends how how good a shape Jones is in and how his body transfers to that weight. It'll be it'll be super interesting to see. I'm really excited to see that fight. Yeah, I am too. I I, I the one advantage I give to Jones is he's been doing this for so long. And his fight IQ is very high. Mm -hmm. So I give him an advantage there. And if he fights smart, I think he neutralizes Nganu's power mm -hmm. and ends up winning the fight. How, I don't know. But I, I think he ends up winning the fight just due to his fight IQ. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, uh, be very interesting to see. Very interesting to see. Styles make matchups, and that's definitely a, a interesting. Yeah matchup yeah they're definitely <laughs> i definitely picking uh henry like you said I, I you know he was a two division champ he's a an olympic gold medalist the guy knows how to win he knows how to overcome difficulties i mean he got uh mighty mouse just ate him alive the first fight mm -hmm. and then it was a completely different fight the second time right and he and he's never looked that bad again after that. Mm -hmm. Demetrius, uh, I mean, he's he's like on the Mount Rushmore of MMA. So, I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. Is. Getting he, tore he up by Demetrius Johnson does not isn't like it's a oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Like he's Demetrius the man. So he also he learned from it. He adapted and you know caught up. And you saw how the other fights went. So yeah, and that's what I mean. He he also has that competition iq if you want to call it that but um i was listening to him and uh, henry no no i'm sorry demetrius and joe rogan on joe rogan's experience podcast mm -hmm. and it was a very interesting conversation because now mighty mouse and henry are friends and they talk about fighting they train together at times they and mighty mouse says how different they are completely different like Henry comes up with a, he says he comes up with a game plan to fight and he will not, he is mentally able to keep himself in that fight plan regardless. Right. 
Whereas Mighty Mouse gets in there and goes, I don't go in with a game plan. I go in there and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, but I think that and makes it harder to plan for him. Yeah. And that's how you get crazy stuff like you saw where he was in a, one of the craziest submissions of all time where he's on the guy's back and then, you know, turns it into like a flying arm bar from off of his back as they're falling down as he did like this. He like yeah. scoops him, goes to his back and then rolls into an arm bar. It was insane. Like, can't plan that. <laughs> right. But he said they practice that stuff in, in the gym. Yeah. Oh, I'm they sure practice he practiced all kinds of weird stuff. stuff. But there's no way he shot in and was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." What I'm gonna do? It was, it was there, and he just, he just flowed into it. It was awesome. Instinct, yeah. So, yeah, crazy. That's the two yeah, best, that's the two best of that weight class of all time for sure. So having those two guys putting their heads together, that'd be a hell of a coaching staff. Yeah, I, I hated when they got rid of him because I, I love Mighty Mouse. I loved, I watched every one of his fights. Loved him. Yeah, I still do. I still watch his on, on one. So he just you yeah. know won the belt back again, and he's you know how many wars has that guy been been in? And he's still over winning titles. It's incredible. Agree. And I guess they're getting ready. Uh, him and uh, Marias, not Marlin, the other one. I guess they're getting ready to run it back again. Mm-hmm. A third one. Yeah. Yeah, they're one on one, so you got to do a third one. So, and he's huge. Like you know, he's his Asian fan base is huge now. They said so. You know, he sells a lot of pay per views for one, and I think one is on. Is it Amazon now? It's Prime. Uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. Yeah, they're on Prime now. So, uh, you know, one's definitely grown. You got PFL doing pay per views now, um, for the first time. You know, they used to be all live. You know, and everything you could watch, and on the New Year's Eve and. They just did the pay-per-view the other day. Um, their first, I think that was their first pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely one of their first. So, like, Kayla's fight was on pay-per-view. So, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. When she lost the other day, so. So, I wanted to talk about the um, fight card we just had this past weekend, too. Oh, how yeah. Well, how well you can see that. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Steven every Thompson. Fight, every fight was a finish on that card. On that main card, yeah. yeah. That, it was crazy. It was yeah. awesome. That, I thought it was going to be a little boring watching the undercard, and I'm like, eh, these are all just kind of, the fights are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's going to a decision, and then all of a sudden, every single fight on the main card is a stoppage. It's like, holy cow, what happened? Yeah. What a great card. Now, I thought, I wasn't sure how well this one was going to go. Obviously, Kevin Holland came out of retirement <laughs> to fight Stephen Thompson. I think he was in retirement for, what, all of a month or so? Not even. The guy's been, like, the most active fighter in the UFC for, like, the last two years. So, he, like, claims he's retired and comes back. Yeah, he's – that dude's just a cool guy, man. He's funny. He's always, you know – he's, you know, he knows how to – he hypes him up, but he does it in, like, a respectful way. He talks in there more than anyone. Like, you saw their fight. They were, like <laughs> – High fiving each other. <laughs> yeah. It was so, so, because Thompson's such a nice guy, um, too. So that doesn't surprise me between those two. And it's funny, they said they had like a gentleman's agreement, uh, kind of like when they first started, like, let's keep it up. And then Holland's like, all right, which a lot of people dogged him for that, um, you know, because he's, he's definitely got some good wrestling and he's, he's got some submissions in his, 
in his you know his pocket. He's got some good good jujitsu, um, but he was just there to you know put on a show. I don't he didn't care. So you got to give him credit for that. That fight was fantastic. So that was um, a great fight. And he had uh, Wonder Boy hurt there early. He hurt on. him bad in the first round. Hurt him bad. Yeah. Wonderboy's just, he's, he was so fast. Like, kickboxing that guy, I mean, what was he, 57-0 and 0 as a kickboxer? Like, I was watching him kickbox yeah. back in the day. when I, Like, when I was doing, like, amateur ISKA stuff, like, he was, like, the man, you know, in the professional ranks. I think he went 57-0 and 0 before he went to MMA. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kickboxing that guy is not, it's not a good idea. Obviously, you saw what happened, but what a, what a chin Holland has, too. Like, he took some shots, man. Yeah, the only thing I meant to do was, I know he got injured in the fight, and I meant to follow up and see what... He broke three of his metacarpals. So uh, okay. He's having surgery. So, it's like his pointer finger, his middle finger, and ring finger, he broke uh, three of the metacarpals. So, um, so he's okay. due to have surgery on that. Okay. I mean, you could... It, and I'm pretty sure it was when he blocked that one kick. So, yeah, yeah, it could have, it could have been that. I mean, or, you know, you can break those weird, like when I broke mine, that last fight, like you, you can hear it pop. So people are cage side and they're like, we heard that. We couldn't figure out what it was. And then you go back and you watch the slow-mo and it's my bone. It just sounds like, like a crack. I mean, it literally sounded almost like somebody cracked a 22 round off. <laughs> so, wow. It's loud. Now, what so, were you doing at the time that it broke? It's the very first punch of the fight. It was just a big overhand right, and he just kind of happened. He tried to duck it, but he didn't get down far enough, and he kind of ducked his head and just hit him right in the crown of the head and right in the hard spot, and I probably just landed it just perfect and just shredded my shredded my, you know, my finger in there right below my metacarpal, and it was the bone was sticking up pretty much through the skin. Like, it wasn't completely like a compound fracture. It, like, stuck through, but you could, when I pushed on it, when we finally were able to get my glove cut off, you could push on it and see the bone go down you're like oh that's that's not good <laughs> this isn't good that's not wow good. what was the outcome of the fight uh we i lost that one uh after the first round so that one went down and my arm was done i gave it i tried i gave it about three more minutes and uh i could not mm. get that big dude off of me especially with one hand i was trying to shrimp and do stuff and like i grabbed a kimura and i was like trying to put wrist to wrist um there was just no, there was, there was no, he was, he was a big, big dude. So it was a good fight. We'll, uh, took it on, you know, short notice and jumped in there, went to heavyweight for the first time in a long time. So that's good. So I got my first loss out of the way. So I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that, hearing about that anymore. So, and now we can come back and be ready to go hopefully in February. So goodness. All right. How, so the surgery went well then, or did you need surgery? Yeah, yeah, I need surgery. Yeah, they went in the next week and put in, uh, put in a plate and five screws, and uh, I was out for about three months with it. Didn't punch for almost five, so just kind of got back into punching pretty consistently, like on the bag and stuff, about a month ago. So I was able to run and do other stuff, but had to stay off that. So I've been really working. Anybody who's somebody actually just said that to me. I think it was yesterday. My Instagram they asked me why I had so many kettlebell swings i've been doing a ton i'm like well one my knee i got to chip in so i'm staying off my knee a little bit um that happened in grappling a couple weeks ago um so kind of letting it heal but two i'm like my grip is definitely 
pretty weak compared to what it was before. So I've been really doing a lot of kettlebell stuff to build that grip strength back up. So because got to have grip strength. It's super underrated in MMA and, and grappling in particular. So and those kettlebells will they'll definitely boost it. Now have you uh, have you ever been able to go into a fight 100% healthy? No. No, okay. I don't think anybody. I don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen for anybody who fights. The only way to get in shape for fighting is to fight. So, and if you fight and actually train the way you're supposed to, you're going to get nicked up. Like that's almost any athlete, but us particularly fighters. So, right. um, if you're planning on and just waiting to feel 100% and feel your best, then you're, that's never going to happen. So, we're always going to be nicked up in in some way, shape, or form. So, just gotta learn to work through. Now, did you did you see the Dos Anjos Barbarina fight? Yeah, I love uh, Dos Anjos. I've met him a couple times. Um, he was I'm trying to remember. When we he was in with Jacare a long time ago. Around everybody, um, so he's saying hi. Saying hi about off. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Rafael, man, he's a cool guy. He's such a legend. What's he got, eight hours in the octagon now or, or something? He just passed, who was it, Frankie? Frankie's record or someone's record for the most uh, time spent it, in the octagon? Literally over eight hours of octagon time. Right, and, and he did it He did it like a minute and 18 into the very first round. Yeah. Yeah, now I wish I and had. So in, the U, in the UFC, he's got over eight hours in the cage. So Yeah, that's insane. crazy. Yeah. That's insanity. And he's not a big welterweight at all. I mean, he's definitely more of a lightweight, especially with as big as the guys are now. So, I mean, he's not, he's not as big as Charles and stuff and all, but he he's just doing welterweight now. So he's And he's done that and been successful his whole career. And he did – he called Connor out, which, you know, of course he's – everybody wants to fight Connor and get paid. Um, but he did kind of get side-shuffled on that fight years ago, and he did want that fight. So – um, uh, I hope he gets some big fights and gets paid well. He deserves it. He's he's been around for so long. So, all right, there you go. I was I wasn't gonna show it, but I'm gonna show it. There you go. Let me make it a little bit bigger here, yeah. so everybody can see it. And I want to call out Conor McGregor. Seven years ago, I earned that fight by beating Donald Cerrone. McGregor came up to my division. We we're supposed to fight. I broke my foot, and now here I am. He has a couple of months to clean his body of all that shit that he's taking. Okay. See you in July. So, yeah, I mean, he, he still wants that fight. And I, I think I might even, um, I might even give him the edge on that one. Yeah, I mean, definitely with his grappling. If he fights smart and fight, fights the way he's capable of, he he very well could win that fight. It would not surprise me at all. And I I probably would give him very slim odds, um, especially as long as Connor's been off and we don't know what kind of you know shape and all he's he's going to be in and how his injuries are. And but when he's going to I I don't see I don't see Connor fighting until unless they work something out, which they claim they can. But I know they said that he's supposed to come back and. Uh, fight Michael Chandler is most likely his next opponent um, mm. sometime next year. But there was also rumors he was going to be back in the end of this year. That didn't happen. Then they said in February, March, and they already said that's not going to happen. So um, 
USADA said he's got to be back in that pool for six months. He doesn't get any special exceptions like he claimed. Um, so we'll we'll see because um, pretty much what he was saying is that he was taking PEDs to help heal his injury faster. Um, and then you got like Joe Rogan saying like, man, if that guy pissed in the cup, he would burn the bottom of it out right now. He he's in a, the dude is he looks huge right now. Connor does. He looks huge. Um, yeah. So jacked. You know, whatever he's oh drastically bigger. I mean, this guy was a featherweight before, so now he's like rolling around at two hundred pounds. So um yeah, we'll see when that when that comes in. He will be back eventually, just who knows. And Chandler, you know, he just lost to Poirier. He's not in line to fight for the title, so there's no reason for him to you know, be in a rush. If he has an opportunity to fight Connor, I'm sure he'll sit back and wait, so because no matter what, when Connor's on the card, it's going to be a huge show. So, I I think my dream fight with Connor is Justin Gaethje. Oh yeah, that would be a barn burner. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. My I honestly expected him to fight Charles. Charles wanted that fight. He wanted to get paid, obviously. Um, and since he did just lose. And, you know, Connor's obviously coming off a loss. You know, we kind of all were – there was a lot of whispers that that's who was going to be the next fight was uh, Charles was going to fight Connor. Um, especially now when he just said, hey, I'm going to take a layoff and let my body heal, take a much-needed vacation and all that kind of stuff. So he wasn't in the gym at the shooter box. He went down um, out to the – like a cattle ranch. He's been hanging out there, going to rodeos and just – enjoying life, hanging out with uh, one of the big Brazilian rappers. He had like a music video or something the other day because we were making fun of him at the gym, or at least my coach was. He was laughing at him uh, and stuff. Now, we, and, we need to let everybody know that you actually train with people that are shoot-a-box. So they have they, – they know what he's doing down there. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, were, we, we you know, we, uh, you know – FaceTime him and stuff after he won the title that time. That was one of the coolest things to see him in the back holding the belt and, you know, talk to my coach for a split second. I mean, my coach was one of his his very first, you know, MMA coaches. So I've got That's shoot box awesome. the same. I've got the identical tattoo that he's got on his neck. Mine's just on my left quad. I just don't have the Diego Lima one. I've got the original one because Diego Lima is obviously not my coach and shoot box is spread. But um, all of us, there's a whole, like, whole bunch of us that have that have that tattoo so uh yeah charles is the man though he's a great guy so i'm looking forward to him to coming back i think he'll come back even stronger and he'll i think he'll definitely come back and take the belt so really oh yeah yeah absolutely he's hungry man that guy's motivated like crazy um you know he's enjoying you know he's a family guy you know he still has a lot of like honor and stuff like a lot of the brazilians do at their core, or that's just, you know, it's just one step below the religion for him, MMA is. So I think he'll take some time off, and then, uh, you know, they offer him the rematch, obviously, supposedly, um, and he didn't want it. He's not ready for it. So I think you'll see him come back, take a big fight, and win that, and then you'll see him fight who's ever got the belt. So Okay. Volkanovski or whoever whoever's got it at the time, so. Yeah, that fight with Volkanovski and Makachev. Makachev. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a crazy one. That'll be an interesting fight. Yeah, 
I I love Volkanovski. Like I'm a huge fan of his, just in general, the way he trains, the way he fights. Uh, I don't know if he's got the size to, to handle his the grappling capabilities. That's the only thing that worries me. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we might see the Dagestan guys on top of that lightweight division for a while. I think Charles is the best chance we got of of taking that belt back for for a while. So, agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until you know, it's it like give them a couple of years, they'll figure out a a strategy to to beat it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah even next year, like, you know, they'll bring in guys that'll they'll try to – I mean, you can't mimic how good those guys are, but you can get close. So I'm sure he'll bring those guys in. And uh, one of the things that we had talked about, like my coach had brought it up, and I know they brought, they brought it up that he really didn't have a lot of big guys in his camp to really put that pressure on him and that top pressure, and his jiu-jitsu was so good. Um, you know, he – you know, anybody his size, you know, I mean, even somebody bigger than him, he's obviously going to be a lot better, but at least somebody bigger and stronger would provide more of a challenge for him to to work with. So you may see some bigger guys pop in down there and train with him um, just to give him and work that more wrestling base um, and Sambo type style um, and get used to working with some of those bigger heavy guys instead of just more of the lighter guys because most of their gym down there, and Sampalo is uh, is kind of like a almost like a Brazilian version of Alpha Team Alpha Male, you know, out in Cali with your eye favor and stuff. It's kind of more based around a little bit smaller guys. So there's not a lot of not a lot of big guys in that gym at all. So be good for him to you know they'll figure it out. And uh, I could see Charles coming back and winning and that being like another epic trilogy in the future. So I'd be okay watching that. That would be exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, Saturday night's card, too. I thought this was interesting. Um, Matthias Nicolau and Matt Schnell, where Schnell got knocked out. I did not realize that he had to cut weight and... Cut his hair off just to make weight. (laughs) Yeah, he cut cut his hair. (laughs) Well, he also had an hour, just keep in mind. So he had an hour to get rid of that half pound. Because you have a one-pound leeway when you're not in a title fight. So right. you have a one-pound leeway. So you had to get to 126 even. Um, so he was back in the sauna and, you know, trying to cut weight. And, uh, you know, sometimes your body just stops, you know, and you just – it's not good. So they just took the clippers out and did that, and he sweated it out for as long as yeah. he could. And out there and made weight. So how much weight that actually was, I don't know. But it got to 126, and it was a it was a good story anyway. So Right. I wonder, you know, there's all you always wonder, was it because uh, Chanel was ranked number seven in the UFC, mm-hmm. Nicolau was not ranked at all. So was it even though Nicolau was a huge favorite, was he really that much better than him? Or do you think some of the weight cut had anything to do with it? Uh, it could be both. You know, I don't know how much Matt walks around at. I don't, I don't know too much about him. Um, on that side of things, I just know he's really good. But I knew that Mateus it was supposed to be really, really good. Um, so there were a lot of guys that were surprised that he won that fight because he's supposed to be a real threat in that division in the very near future. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it could be a little, you know, definitely could be a little bit of both. That's a hard weight cut, and uh, you know, especially when you got to cut that extra half pound, and you know, on that guy, that's it sounds easy, but it's not. But that would have right. cost him percent of his purse at least if he didn't get down. So. 
lot of extra stress there. So at least Absolutely. he made weight. It was legit. But yeah, Mateus is good. So it doesn't surprise me that he won like that because that guy's he's he's a real threat. He trains a lot down there in Rio, and uh, with some of the shooter box guys. And they said, man, he's been really really good with a while. I got a friend of mine that was sparring with him um, a while back, and uh, they said, man, yeah, that that dude's good. He's really really good. So okay, because, we'll have to keep an eye on that guy then. For sure. Interesting. Now th- here's here you go. Here's some big guys. Yeah, the White Naganu is Sergey's new name because that dude. Oh, really? Man, just that guy. So everybody, um, we actually were in talks of a fight up in New York um, here recently, and it was with a guy out of Moscow, and apparently he's he's involved with Sergey's team, and uh, so one a friend of mine who was in the middle trying to help facilitate the weights and stuff and all was talking to those guys and he's somehow he got brought up and then we were talking about these fights he was talking about how how good they said he was and how they say that he's like the next you know in russia to them he's like the next coming of like fedor so um yeah that guy's dangerous and he's not just a puncher he's got skills all around that guy's dangerous in the division Man, it, that that fight looked like two helicopters duking it out. It was just yeah, arms just constantly going around, swinging. Yeah. And <laughs> like, Ty, oh my God. Tuivasa, he's such a cool guy. Like, I'm always going to root for him because he's just hilarious. He's just, you know. Yeah, I love that guy. But, man, like, Sergey's head movement, like, Ty didn't really touch him. He never really hurt him mm-hmm. at all. He's fast, and he is big he's got long arms he's strong he can wrestle he got he's got a good sambo background and the dude throws bombs so yeah i i would have no would not be surprised at all to see him um he should be in title contentions at, at least with you know maybe one more fight i would like honestly if you take stipe out of the mix if he doesn't want to come fight because i think stipe deserves a title whenever he says i won't feel like i can come back and fight you know steve a should get the shot no matter who's got the belt with naganu jones who's ever got it after they fight um i would like to see uh sergey and sierra gone go at it and the winner of that be the next Ooh. number one contender um because sierra gone they both they both beat tua or ty you know so Tua Vasa, they both beat him both beat him pretty handily but ty hurt uh gone bad and you see that image where Gon's like going down, and he just kind of like wakes back up, and stayed in the fight. And you know, you know, at least we proved you know he's got a good chin and stuff, which everybody already pretty much knew. But there was rumbles about, oh, how's his chin? And now you see it because he got caught by two of Asa, who hits hard as right. a truck. So, um, but yeah, I would like I would like to see that fight and have that be the new number one contenders match. So, hmm, that would be interesting. Now, yeah, be a I, very interesting fight. I was concerned that Tui Vasa was going to get knocked out because it's only been three months since he had the fight with Gon and got knocked out. And he, you know, the way he fights and going up against Sergey, I was like, this could, this could be ugly for Tui Vasa. Yeah, that's kind of why he sputtered. I think where he did in the division, same thing with Derek Lewis. You know. He's a huge, strong guy, hits super hard, very athletic. Um, 
and you know he's just always just kind of sputtered out right at the top you know um at the heavyweight division just never quite made that leap to jump up into the to win the title even though he's got to fight for it so three of also has kind of seemed to be the same way but you know he's slick he's got good head movement he's not he can he can improve and come back i could see him coming back but i i did have um sergey in that fight because i had seen his clips and i'm like man i think this guy what everybody says he's he's crazy good and he is he is crazy crazy good he's got he is fast for heavyweight. He's very deceiving. But if you break it down, you watch that fight, you watch his head movement, um, yeah, he's he's slick. So I would like to see him and Sierra Gone go at it for the next – decide who gets to fight for the title again. Yeah, that that would be a great fight. But, you know, I go back to all the talk of concussions, whether – you know, doesn't matter what sport it is. Mm-hmm. But getting knocked out as a – in whatever weight class – you know that you do have concussion going on there. I almost feel like there should be a minimum time. Maybe it's two months where you don't no contact whatsoever, nothing, and then three months till your next fight to give the guys time to completely recover. I'm not saying that Sergey wouldn't have knocked him out, but it would it have been 54 seconds into the first round. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to know. I mean, would I be surprised if it didn't? No, I mean that definitely can, that can impact you because you know you got to heal up from that. Um, you know, these guys are also trying to you know trying to make make a living. They don't want to pass up fights. So when you get a call and you're coming off a loss, you know you kind of don't want to be that guy. Like, no, nah, I'm not ready. Like, you got to have a lot of clout to say, no, nah, I'm not ready to the UFC, um, and then still get fights in the, that you want in the future and not just get passed over. So. Um, I kind of get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to see something. That's something that you definitely need to watch with con- concussions. I mean, because you can get them in training and not even know it. I mean, yeah. You see, I mean, you see these sparring videos. You're like, ding, ding, ding. Like, you see a hit in football. You're like, oh, man, like that was, that was terrible. That could be, like, constantly in an MMA camp. <laughs> so, I mean, you're literally, you know, with the impact and stuff, and especially how hard guys train, so... Yeah, I would like to see it. Um, I'm just not totally shocked because I figured that one was going to be over fast because Tui Voss is going to come out and he's going to throw bombs. He's going to step right in the middle. and Because he knows if he catches you, then he can finish you. But striking-wise, right. like technique-wise, he was outclassed with Sierra gone. He he gave him a hell of a fight, but um, and he's super tough, obviously. So, But, man, I think Sergey might hit harder than gone. So he might not be as technical of a striker yet. He could, you know, it'd be hard. It's hard to, to judge to see. He might not be as technical, but I think he hits harder. So you saw what he did to Ivasa, and it took, yeah. you, know, t- you know, Ty had to get worn down by Sierra Gone. It was in the third round for him. He was, you know, hurt and winded, and, you know, yeah, he was, got him out of there. That's yeah, he looked not, exhausted. Yeah, that's not happening with Sergey. I mean, he, when he hits you, if he hits you clean, doesn't matter how fresh you are. So, and and just to go back to your point now, Sergey was ranked fifth in that fight, and Ty was ranked fourth. Curtis Blades was ranked third, and Sergey is now third. So it's mm-hmm. Cyril, Stipe, and Sergey. Mm-hmm. So it goes right to your point. You know, Stipe is kind of MIA right now. Um, 
so you have one and three. Yeah, that would be a great fight. Have them go at it, and then, you know, Jones and Ngannou go at it, and then have those the winner of your Cyril Gan Sergey fight for the title. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. Unless, like I say, unless Stipe wants to come back, and then whoever is number one needs to step back because he should get the automatic title shot to whoever's got the title. So, hundred um, percent. So, I mean, he's he was the king of that division and super underrated and. He's got more title defenses and everything anyone in history. So, came back and I mean, he beat Daniel Cormier twice. He beat Francis Naganu. I mean, the guy. He's, the list of names that he's beat has been is incredible. So, yeah. Whenever he decides to come back, he should obviously get the automatic title shot to try and get the belt back. But those those fights would be. That's what I would definitely match up. Yeah. This guy, um, Roman Deladzi, he, uh, I, so obviously you probably saw that fight as well. Mm-hmm. He handled, he handled Hermanson. Yeah, I mean, Hermanson's supposed to, was, there was a lot of stuff going around about him. He was really, and he still is. I mean, a lot of people lose fights. It's not, a, I mean, when you're fighting at this level, or any professional level. I mean, that's just like if you look at USPSA saying, you know, you got 20-something stages. If you think of every stage as a fight, you're going to have stages that just don't match up well that somebody's going to beat you on. It doesn't matter who it is. So um, Right, because it's, it's not, dealing with your weakness, yeah. Yeah, it's not uncommon for a guy to lose. Um, but that was really cool the way he rolled up on him and kind of had him in like a calf slicer took his back and pretty much had him in like that calf slicer type. Yeah. Um, wow. And then what he did is he had him locked on. So he had actually, he had Hermanson where if Hermanson was going to move, it was essentially going to probably rip his meniscus or his MCL or ACL. Like he could not move. I mean, he, he just completely locked him down, flattened him out. And without causing injury to himself, he couldn't move. So that was just slick grappling. Um, if you made them two fight, Three more times, I, I think I would still put my money on Manson to probably beat him maybe every single time. Um, but that was a great performance. I was happy to see it. He was a huge underdog and came in there and, and did very well. So props on him. But I would still watch out for, for Manson and stuff in the future as he, he continues on because he's, he's legit. He's very, very good all around. I think that was his first loss, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I think that was um, first professional loss. Well, so. let me let me check. Here we go. No, he lost to Sean Strickland and Vittori Cannoneer, Tiago Santos, Cesar Fajera. Herrera and a couple others down there. Okay, so he hadn't lost in a hot minute though. How how long was his win streak? Um, he had one. Oh, okay, that's right. He did just lose. Okay, yeah, but he lost to Sean. So I mean, come on. Yeah, he his last that two was, losses were that fight. That was a split decision, if I'm not mistaken. Doesn't it say? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a split decision versus Sean. He fought Sean hard, and Sean's a bad dude. So, um, yeah, I mean that guy's really good, and you know. Um, I was surprised he lost that fight. Um, like I said, that was just a really slick 
little move, and he came up on his back and kept that like cap slicer type and locked him in and flattened him out, and that was all it was. So that was a wide, yeah. I was very impressed with how he used that cap slicer to flatten him out, hold him still, and just pound on him. Yeah, you just can't move in that that position. The slicer is not really the issue. I mean, that hurts. Um, you know, like did you see him grimacing before he rolled over? Yeah, you might see taps from that, like a jiu-jitsu competition. You're not going to see taps from that in MMA, um, most likely. But um, just different mindset. But you can see serious injuries come from that. Um, but the main thing was the way he had his knee position when he got him flattened out. That like any way he was going to move, that was going to be just his knee was going to implode. So um, yeah, that was slick, man. That was that was. Definitely something I had not seen that I can remember in a cage. Yeah, that was very impressive. I like Eric Anders. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. Uh, and it was an interesting fight with Kyle Dawkins there. Mm-hmm. I was happy to see him win by KO. Yeah, he's had a lot of issues. Um, he was playing. He was playing ball the same time I was. Um, I think he's maybe a hair older than me um as i remember we were in high school at the same time i want to say he was just a little bit older than me but i think he played at alabama didn't he Wasn't yeah he linebacker at alabama yeah yeah so yeah he's a hell of an athlete obviously i mean right linebacker at alabama but he's had like i think he had he's the one i think that had went down and had like stem cell done on his back i believe so yeah down in like south america somewhere um, and he's had a bunch of injuries. So for him to bounce back for that's really, really cool. So um, I was happy to see that. I was definitely rooting for him in that fight. So Yeah, that was a, a good fight. Good fight for him. Um, all right, let me go, go back for a second here. Uh, so apparently that video that is in question is an old video of me doing mitts. <laughs> Sent to your Facebook Messenger. Okay, I apparently when Oscar De La Hoya was in our gym way back in the day, he wasn't the one holding mitts for me, but he was in the gym back in the day, and my buddy must have videoed it, and he still had it on his phone all these years later. So, yeah, the the mystery solved. The mystery solved there. Let me see if it's nope. Yeah, I'm in the casual shooter podcast side and I'm struggling with getting back to my normal. He did graduate from the same high school I did, so there's there's not a lot of hope. There's not a lot of hope if uh for my boy who said it, so <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, let's talk tomorrow night. Ooh. Real quick here. I, I think this will be an interesting fight, but it's not the fight that I necessarily wanted to see. The Jan Blahovich Magomed Ankalaev fight. I really mm-hmm. wanted to see Yuri Prohaska and Glover too. Yeah. I think you'll see that eventually. Glover is supposed to get the next title shot. Um that's been supposedly confirmed back behind the stages. He'll he'll get the next title shot in that division. Um, so he'll fight the winner. Um, right. And then Yuri, of course, will fight for whenever he comes back from his injury, which will be a while because 
he's talking about a year layoff, you know, plus recovery and stuff and all. I don't know if that's including recovery or not, but so he'll be out for a while. Uh, Glover obviously is not wanting to wait. I mean, he's 42, coming up on 43 years old. So um, we're actually taking a trip up there this coming year at some point. My coach and I are supposed to, and uh, maybe a couple of our training guys and, and hang out up there for a couple of days and, and train at that gym, which will be awesome. Um, super looking forward to that because um, that gym's crazy good now. Um, I mean, obviously you got well, what was the former champ and now the current middleweight champ and Alex, and then you had Glover. So um, <clears throat> that's definitely a super talented gym. But, um, yeah, this fight's going to be – I love, you know, Blockowitz. He's just that – he's just, man, he's just got super good power. He's got – he's good everywhere. Um, Ankle, though, man, he's – you know, I know the odds are in his favor – and I don't, you know, that one's tough. I, I'm going to go with Yon just because the experience and all that. But uh, it seems like anybody that's named like Magomed or anything in their name and those guys, Pakistan <laughs> like guys, yeah, just, just don't lose. So, um, and he's really, really good all around also. So um, it's going to be a super interesting fight. I'm really curious to see that. Um, I'm going to root for Jan, though. I'm a fan of his. So uh, I hope he pulls it out, and then we get to see uh, him and Glover do it again. So, Yeah. Yeah, and apparently Glover's going to be um, right there ringside, front row. Oh, I'm sure. Fight. So, be right there. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting. Hopefully there will be a – an interview shortly like next week with Glover discussing what he saw and, you know, when he's going to be ready to get back in the ring. Cause man, I've liked watching him ever since he got into the UFC. So that guy is another he exciting fighter. He didn't come into the UFC until I think it was 34 or 35. So yeah, he was old. Awesome. Older. Yeah. Of course he's got a huge, you know, history and all before that and jujitsu and everything else, but he better hurry up and get the 205 and fight some because Alex is going to have to go to that division eventually, so he needs to be. He'll have to. He'll better enjoy his time there now because Alex will be up there knocking on the door eventually. I'm sure because that guy making 185. I don't know how long he can do that for. So I know, uh, and it you know it's almost like if you hear that Pajeda has moved to 205, then you know Glover has retired. Yeah, so. definitely. So what do you think of this fight? Patty Pimblett and Jared Gordon. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Jared's, you know, good fighter. He's got he's good all around, got good hands. A um, lot of experience. A lot of experience, and Patty's like the up-and-coming. So it'll be that's definitely the biggest test of his career. So we will find out uh, truly what Patty is made out of. Um, you know, I'd probably go with Patty because I think he's – He's good, man. I mean, he's, um, you know, he's uh, he's not just a, a show pony type fighter. He's got legit skills all the way around. So, um, you know, I, I think all the hype that everyone's said about him for years is true. So um, I would probably go with Patty, but I would not be surprised to see it go either way also. Right. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those very competitive fights. But I, I too, I'm, I'm pulling for Patty. I just want, uh, I like the way he fights. I like his style. 
I like everything about him, and I'd like to you know see him keep winning and and increasing his name and he's got a five inch reach advantage. Yeah, he's pretty long limbed, you know. Um, you know, he's five ten, you know, so he's not like super tall for you know for Welter, but um, he's definitely got a decent reach and stuff and all, and he's definitely got the advantage there on that. So yeah, I think uh, I would go with Patty. Um, but like I said, I mean that that could go either way too. It'll be it'll definitely be a good test for him. That's a you know, Jared's a tough dude. That's a tough dude. So it is, and you know, it's not going to be an easy fight. But it looks like they both have the same number of KOs. But Patty's got a lot more submissions, while Jared has a much more decisions. So, yeah. Uh, grappling. Same number of takedown. Same accuracy. Same takedown defense. Just a lot more submissions on average for Patty. So it'll be a very interesting fight. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Now, this fight, I'm pretty sure, was going to be Lawler's retirement fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then Robbie um, against, had to pull out. Yeah, with Ponzinibbio. So now that fight's completely changed. So I'm like, meh, okay. Not as excited about that one. Yeah, no. Now, have you seen Dreykus Duplessis fight? Yes. He's that good. dude, he's, he's really good. good. And this is where I think Darren Till was a massive welterweight, but he's an average-sized middleweight. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think Duplessis takes it. Yeah, I think, you know, Darren's had a lot of wars, and he's been there for a while. Um I don't know if he's just his body is keeping up with his, you know, capabilities anymore. I mean, we'll see. But um, yeah, man, they got a lot of good fighters coming out of South Africa and and you know mm-hmm. and everything anymore. And the whole country um, has really grown. So um, that's a big dude too for you know middleweight. So um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very. I would lean that way too. Um, you know, Darren's just like such a gritty vet. Um, but it just, it, it may be time, maybe his time and wars may be catching up with him. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, he's not done well lately, but I almost said this earlier when we talked about, um, RDS, Rafael de Sanjos, um, or RDA, I'm sorry. But I think Darren Till, Kevin Gastelum, uh, Rafael de Sanjos, there's a bunch of guys stuck in that in-between weight class mm-hmm. where if you had the 145, 55, 165, 175, Darren Till, Kevin Gastelum, they're squarely in that 175 weight class. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're – ju- and so who's the other Dagestani uh, fighter? Shoot, he just fought um, – He fought in that other, oh, well, we'll get to it in a minute. But anyway, like Rafael DeSanjos would have been great at 165. Donald Cerrone, I think, would have oh, done yeah. great at 165. Mm-hmm. I just think that jump 
from 155 to 170 and 170 to 185 kill some of these guys and they get caught in that in between. I think even a 195 weight class, like for a Yoel Romero, that dude yeah. would have been a beast at 195. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that weight cuts hard on them, even if they are bigger guys. Sometimes it plays to their advantage. Yeah. Pereira's, you know, to Alex's credit, it plays a huge advantage to him, like over Iggy, because um, he's so much bigger than Iggy, So and he doesn't seem to hurt his cardio or anything. He seems to have great... And other guys, you know, you see them look great, and then you see some fights where you can tell they're just not themselves. So I can see it. Uh, there's some guys who, even though they're huge for that division, it doesn't actually play well because um, the weight cut's so hard on them. So, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, you had some different weight classes, and there would be a lot of guys that would bounce around and would change a lot. It would, but I kind of like it because let's, let's talk Pajeda for a minute. If you added a 195 weight class, and I could see him winning, being a, a double champ at 185, 195, if he keeps training with Glover, and then Glover retires, he could be the first ever triple champ. Yeah. 85, 95, 205. You know, have as a threat for that as well. Yeah, so, he would be. At 170, 185, 205. He's also a threat for that, because that guy is... Well, and that's the guy I was trying to think of, Chimaev. Oh, yeah, Chimaev. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know that's who you're thinking of. But yeah, he's a he's a threat for that triple champ. Man, and but he's going to struggle to make it 170. But 175, I think he's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if those weight classes would change, there'd be a lot of guys that would bounce around, and it would be curious to see where certain guys you know landed. So um, he has some really interesting uh, matchups. Very interesting to see who went where and who fought up and who moves stays down and, and who moves yeah. all around. So, because you got guys in middleweight that are anywhere from 220 to 235, you know, they're mid level size, like prayers a mid size heavyweight. He's 6'4, 235 pounds. Right. Then he fights yeah. in the middle. You're like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. 50 pounds lighter. It's nuts. Yeah. Insane. You're like, no wonder Iggy's like, you know, taking him for four or five rounds and finally gets caught and gets knocked out. You're like, dude, you know, Iggy's like 200 pounds, 215 or something, I think, at the most. Yeah. So well, he dude. didn't cut. He didn't cut weight when he fought Jan. Mm-mm. So. And you saw though he was way undersized versus Jan. Jan, because yes, I mean, Iggy's obviously got drastically, probably better technical striking, and but Jan just ate him up. So he was yes, just he way too big and strong, and you, know, you see that size difference really play out there. So, um, but if Alex was up there, I don't see. Think you see Jan stand there and and eat those strikes and and deliver them like that. So, because he's he's probably walks around the same weight. I would move. I think Jan walks around at like two thirty something. It's just south of two forty. So him and Pereira are like the same size. Right. He still doesn't want to get caught by any of those strikes. No, no, that's why they call not him from that guy. That's why his name, his nickname, essentially translates in the translates in the stone hands. So there you go, another Roberto Duran, a second coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, where are we going here? There we go. Ah, my boy Bryce Mitchell. This is a yeah, good. Try to get there. This is it is. Great. 
great fight. One of these dudes are going to be moving way up the charts and uh, pushing to be champ one day. So um, I'm trying to get there and see where the rankings are right now. I'm pretty positive uh, that record's wrong. I thought Bryce was undefeated still. I'll have to check in a minute. So they're what? Featherweights? Yeah, so Bryce yeah, is ninth. Bryce is ninth. Ilya is 14th. And let's see here. I thought Bryce was still undefeated. Oh, there we go. Let's see if he did lose. Who did he lose to? I'm pretty positive Bryce has never lost. Yeah, it shows right there, 15-0. and 0. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Boy from, he's backwards, he, boy from backwards Arkansas can fight. Yeah. I mean, he's fought Edson Barboza, Andre Feely, Charles Rosa. Okay. They're all decisions, but... Second guy ever to win by Twister. I just saw that. Wow, Twister. Holy cow. You never see that. No, he's got wow. really, really, really good jiu-jitsu. So this is a good, this is a cool fight. Yeah, I'm not seeing. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, you know what? They're probably giving it. Why would they put a loss on his record from semifinals of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, pro Exhibition. Right. So That's that the only... Exhibition. Oh, wait. And he has one loss in Amateur, so... Well, no, then he'd be 20-1, and one, and they're showing him... Yeah, probably just showing Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they got that, but that was an Exhibition then, and he didn't... Um, when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I forgot about that, but... Um, yeah, that's a really cool fight. That's an interesting fight. I think that's going to be – that would be my pick for fight of the night on that card. So, oh, think, really? Yeah, I think they're going to light it up right away. So, Now, this is interesting. He has a three-inch height advantage. He only has a one-inch reach, but three-inch in length for the legs. Yeah. Hmm. It's all, all, that, right, deer so this... it's all that deer hardy eats. Yeah. <laughs> He likes to eat the heart of the deer, huh? Yeah, it's like his go-to. And Ilya is the favorite. Not by a lot, but he is the favorite. Yeah. Now, this is the one fight I wanted to talk about. What would you think about this kid, this kid getting a contract at the age of 17? I mean, the guy won in the con contender series, so, I mean, he's legit. I just... He um, is. You know... He could be just like another, you know, I hope if he does lose, you know, he does kind of like Charles, where Charles, you know, one loss, one loss, because Charles came in at 19, he's coming in at 18. Um, so, you know, he's fighting a guy who's, you know, kind of, you know, he's 10 and 6, so by UFC standards, he's, you know, kind of on his last leg if he doesn't win. Right. Uh, you know, he's coming off a loss, so, but he's still, you know, he's still obviously a really talented fighter to be in there, so... Um, this will be interesting to see. I mean, he earned it, so we'll definitely. And and he's at a weight class that, you know, I mean, of course, experience and technique is always playing in, but, um, you know, he's at at least a smaller weight class to where, um, 
you know, his some the striking and stuff. You don't see as many knockouts at that weight and stuff. So um, maybe you know if he does make some mistakes, that he'll be able to fix them and you know all that kind of good stuff while he's in the fight. Whether it's he gets caught or whatever, we'll see how he bounces back. But it'll be it'll be super super interesting to see. So um, you know, Charles came in at nineteen, won. You know, kind of went like what was it like six and six or something in his first twelve fights. So um, and then bounced back and became the you know superstar that everybody said he was going to be. So um, we'll see how we'll see how this shakes out. This will be interesting to see. So. It will. I'm. I'm very, and I like that they're headlining the undercard with yeah. this kid. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how he does. It's cool though too that you're seeing some more fighters come out of Mexico. You know, because it's always been predominantly always boxing. You're starting to see a few of the Mexican fighters come out into MMA, which is which is pretty cool. There's a lot of great fighters down there. Um, on the boxing side that could do, you know, if they start, you know, it's cool to kind of see some of them bouncing in the MMA, so. Agree. Yeah. Hopefully they'll break in more and more fighters from Mexico will break into MMA. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a fight that intrigues me as well. I always like watching Rosenstruck fight. Yeah. Another, it's like another, <laughs> Yeah. So this is always exciting to me, and I, these two—I see these two guys. Although uh, I want to say, Dawkins has got some decent grappling. He has some. He's a black belt, uh, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay, there we go. Yeah, and he trains I, I up there. It, he, he trains up in Philly with some really, really, really great um, jujitsu guys. Um, this will be a great fight, but I think Chris wins this one um, and starts working his way back up towards the top. Um, you know, he was up there high, you know, he, he, you know, he won four of his, you know, four fights by, what was it, knockout, and he's a grappler, and then, you know, I know he lost his, what was his last one or two, but, um, you know, he's a tough-nosed dude, he's in a great camp, there's a lot of great guys up there in Philly now, um, so, uh, it will be, I would go with Chris on this one, um, you know, he, I mean, the guy just retired, or not retired, but just resigned last year from being a Philly cop, I mean, he was, in the UFC and being a Philly cop at the same time for um, his first like three UFC fights or almost four. So um, he's just now started training full time when he got the chance to fight Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis knocked him out. But um, yeah, so he lost to he lost to Curtis. That's right. After he fought Derek. So yeah. Um, but those guys are huge, man. That's why a lot of guys were talking about him. He's, he's another one of those in between guys. Like, I don't think he can get the 205, maybe. He's just such a big-boned, heavy dude. Um, but he's kind of like in that awkward, like, you know, Derek and Curtis, when you look at them next to him, are like drastically bigger. Right. Um, so. Uh, it, it says it says he's 243, but, yeah, I agree with you. When he gets in the ring, he doesn't yeah, seem like he's that big. That's like Jan, you know, Jan's 240, almost 243, 245 or something. I mean, I know he walks around around 240, and he's 205. So, um, you know, I would be curious to see if he could make 205. I think that would be a cool move for him, and nothing against him because he's had a lot of success. It's just at that very top level when those guys are that good, it's hard to make up 20-something, 30-something pounds of weight. I, I, I almost I almost wouldn't, he wouldn't mind seeing because he he's super fast. So for a heavyweight, right? 
but again, I mean, when you're fighting guys who are walking around 260 or in Francis's case, 295, I mean, you're at a disadvantage. Derek's um, over 300. So, yeah, I mean, Derek's a big boy. So, on. I almost feel like another weight class, like a cruiser weight with a limit of 220, 220 ish. Yeah, 225 maybe. Yeah, 185 to 200, 200 to 225, something in there, you know, 225 to 265 um, will be fine. Um, he's kind of in that in-between size, too. So, But he's really, really good, and he's going to keep getting better. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be – I would definitely bet on him getting back in the win column and working back towards it. So, All right. There's one other fight on this undercard that I'm looking forward to. And it's Chris Curtis and Joaquin Buckley. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I think there's gonna be some fireworks in this one too. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both coming off losses. They both were really hyped and mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the good things the UOC does do. It puts pressure on people like you know, both these guys are kind of in a similar scenario. They were, like, up and coming and starting to put up to where they're, like, in that ranking type, you know, level. And then, you know, they're coming off a loss now, so who's going to step up and win and then work their way back up, up start working their way back up the ladder and who's going to, you know, lose two fights in a row and, you know, fall back on, you know, kind of where they got to really, really work to get back up in, into contention for anything of – Get into that next level, so um, yeah, this will be a this will be a good one. Uh, yeah, well, and I mean they're they're even basically on their weight, their reach, everything. Their records are different, but still. Uh, yeah, but you know, some guys fight three times before they go in the UFC. Some guys fight nineteen. You know, it just depends on the quality of their training and who they fought. And some guys have crazy amateur records. Some guys got like twenty amateur fights and fought guys in the amateur that were, you know, in the UFC or in, you know, high level promotions within a couple of fights after they fought them. You know, you never know. So it's hard to really go off their their history until they get into the you know, one of the bigger promotions and, and have more time in there. So Right. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Hmm. I guess they're not expected to win by submission. <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. I don't see it going the distance, and I definitely don't see a submission. So No, no, um, it's definitely going to be by TKO, KO, something, injury, something. Yeah, something's going to go down the first couple rounds. So Exactly. It'll be, uh, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun one. Absolutely. Now, there's two other fights I want to talk about real quick. Um, I don't have, make sure I didn't have pictures for it. Uh, let me go. Whoop. This one right here. Oh, yeah. I love watching Kelvin Gastelum fight. Mm-hmm. Man, this guy, I'm telling you, if they had a 175-pound weight class, I feel like he would have been the champ. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But this is going to be a hell of a fight, too. Kevin Gastelum and Nasruddin Imovov. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Imovov's really well coached. I believe he's in Cyril Gon's camp, which is, okay. where, which is where Francis, you know, was at years ago before he came to the States and stuff and on left. So um, they're obviously really well coached um, and got really good striking, but I'm still going with, with uh, Gastelum. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, that dude's got crisp striking, and he can take a punch. He can take a punch. He's got great. He's got good wrestling, good submission. You know, he's good all around. Strong dude. Got really good cardio. Um, yeah, you know, he got. You know, he's like a, He's kind of doesn't look like you know one of those like super shredded dudes that you think's gonna have crazy cardio, but he's just an athlete. So. And this one. There we go. That. That's only a week from now. Yeah, that's, that's a week. Exactly. Yeah, it's a week from tomorrow. Yeah, and it's a fight night, so this is going to be live. This is going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Ooh, um, man, you know, Cannoneers. You know, he started out as a heavyweight, and went to heavyweight, then went to light heavy, then went to middleweight. He's got knockouts he's, in every division. Yeah, but I say I think he's the only guy that's got knockouts in every division. I mean, that's Rumble Johnson is the only other guy I know of. And did Rumble have him at 185? I thought he was just 205 and heavy. I don't know if he had him at no, 185. No, Rumble Rumble fought at 170 and had knockouts at 170 also. That's okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this one man is This one's tough. Because Sean, I mean, this is this one's fifty-one forty-nine, um, but I'm a I'm gonna pick Sean. I think Strickland takes it. So okay, I think, I think he catches him. I think he surprises everybody. He's, I don't know what the odds are. I'm assuming Sean's the underdog. Look at that! It's almost a pick 'em. Negative one hundred five, negative one fifteen. Yeah. So now I'm curious. Yeah. Sean's hungry. I mean, they both are. They're both great. You know, they're both awesome fighters. So, but I see Sean. Right. I mean, Jared's got a little bit of a reach advantage, but I mean, everything else is almost the exact same. Man, Sean's a little taller. So, uh, yeah, he's got two inches on height. Yep. But he's uh, an inch and a half short on the reach. Right. Right. And now it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'll go with Sean, but that's uh, like I said, like fifty-one percent, forty-nine percent. You see the odds. I mean, that's essentially what they are. So, right? Yeah, it's nuts. I definitely that, don't think it's gonna go. It's definitely not gonna go five rounds. I am glad I'm not working because I'm gonna be up late waiting for that fight to come on. There you go. As a matter of fact, I might even be hoarse the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, I get too overexcited and end up start screaming and. And then I can't talk the next day, so that's a that's a heck of a fight. I'm excited to see that one. Yeah. Now the only the only other thing that I, I wanted to talk about real quick was the PFL. And I bring that up because they seem to be paying their fighters quite a bit in mm-hmm. comparison to other organizations uh the the owner of pfl offered 
Cyborg a million dollars, Kayla Harrison a million dollars to fight, and then the winner would get a $2 million bonus. Yeah. Which that's, um, for, especially for, you know, for women's MMA, because, you know, that's a huge payday. I mean, it's a huge payday it for is. anyone. Anyone. Is huge. That, would, that has to be the highest payday if they would have fought in, in definitely in women's MMA history. I mean, that's a huge payday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, do you... Kayla smokes her, by the way, I think, if they fight. I think Kayla, I would agree. Kayla I think Kayla wins that. Yeah. Kayla Cyborg's which is understand. I mean, you you it's just it's so hard, man, to stay on top and never lose. I mean, that's why it's just some of these guys, like, you know, even no matter who they had fought, like could be going thirty and oh or whatever. I mean, it's just incredible, you know. She lost a girl she had already beat twice and beat handily twice. Um, but that girl prepared just to fight her, got way bigger, got way stronger, and worked just to stuff takedowns and I still think Kayla won that fight though. I don't know if you watched it or not, but um, I did not. I gave it to her. I definitely gave it to her three rounds to two. I mean, it was close, but I think she won the last round. She handled it on the ground. I gave her the first, third, like fifth round. And then, you know, uh, Randy Couture is obviously big in the PFL. He's like their, uh, you know, you know, kind of their analyst and stuff. He's like their Joe Rogan. Um, okay. So um, Randy gave it to her. Um, I have a couple other guys. I'm trying to remember who was there that night that was kind of hosting – and commentating on the fights, and everybody gave it to uh, Kayla. All the all the hosts did, I did, and then all of a sudden they're like, she didn't raise her hand, and they gave it to her by decision. So, I mean, it happens. Um, it's not the craziest, like, loss I've ever seen, but it definitely uh, – I definitely would have gave that fight to Kayla. So, so that was uh, that was frustrating. <laughs> right. I, I'm just wondering, though, with the – even, you know what? I do believe I have a picture of this. Where is it? I know what it looks like. Um, well, shoot. Oh, there we go. All right, let me share. Let me share this real quick. And this is why I actually wanted to bring this up. Let me kind of crop it down again. The PFL, like I said, is, is offering quite a bit of money for fighters. And this is what I go back to. Olivier Aubin Mercier. I think fighters are going to understand pretty soon that you can live a really good life if you sign with PFL. A lot more people are going to try to come to PFL instead of UFC. I think I'm a great example of that success. When I was in the UFC, I didn't really feel respected. I felt like a number. With PFL, I don't feel like a number. And they're making better money. So the whole reason I brought this up is, I, have you heard any whispers of people looking to fight in one or PFL for the money? Even Bellator has a million-dollar tournament. Right. You know? Um. So... It seems like I almost feel as much as I love the UFC and I love the fighters in the UFC, I feel like they, the regular guys have to fight for a few years before they even really see any money. Or longer. I mean, some of the times, I mean, yeah. there's, guys, there's guys in the prelims that are making, you know, 2500 a show, 2500 a win. 
Um, mm. There's, you know, they made way, they made more money in regional fights. Um, UFC just has the mark has had the market cornered anyway to the point to where, you know, a lot of people that aren't like actual MMA fans that just talk about MMA, maybe you know a fighter here or there, um, they think UFC is the sport. They don't even understand like it's a promotion, um, which of course that's yeah. an in your thought, but you see how you know it's such a brand, um, and a lot of people grow up like you know. Like, I grew up watching it. You know, I'm at the age where, like, it was starting to get up and coming, and I grew up watching it. So it's kind of like a lot of guys grow up watching it. So when you think, like, hey, I want to be a pro fighter, you like, you know, I want to fight in the UFC. You know, there wasn't Bellator back then. There wasn't, you know, there was Pride and then MMA. You know, it was MMA, and then you had UFC, and then, you know, WEC and stuff back in the day. But, you know, so UFC's got that marketed. But, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of especially uh, guys from other countries um that are that are literally fighting you know they don't have the you know luxuries we have here in the u.s you know even though a lot of the fighters are struggling to make it um you know they're literally like you know some of the brazilian guys are in the favelas there that are living in dirt floors are i mean they're fighting because they love it but they're also fighting for money so they're going to take you know the best paycheck and they do get a lot of great fighters um that could go anyway. I mean, you saw the guy that just won another one of the guys that won the that won the comp uh, for in the was it the featherweight or lightweight, whatever in the PFL uh, was on um, the contender series like two years ago, right when it first started, and he did not get a contract because he shot in. I mean, he won the fight on the contender series, but he did not get a contract with UFC. Now here he is two years later. He just won a million dollars. I mean. Come on, I mean, you, nobody makes a million dollars in the UFC per fight unless you're one of the very, very, very high names. So, um, he's not, you know, is he wrong in that? Probably not. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of the organizations like the, you know, PFL and stuff. And, there, and PFL's investing a lot of money because they're trying to keep up the UFC. I think it was a mistake, personally, to start doing pay-per-views. Um because if you remember back in the day, like you remember the WEC, like we had Uriah Faber and Cerrone and Ben Henderson and um, all these guys that were just, you know, you know, they end up, a lot of them end up becoming UFC legends anyway, um, Anthony Pettis, but WEC was so popular because it was free. Um, right. So it was just on Spike TV or something where you could just tune in on like Friday nights and watch PFL. So a lot of people became MMA fans because they just happened to be flipping through. They see it and they turn it on and they're like, oh, let's watch it. They're not going to go pay 65 bucks to watch something. They have no idea what the hell it is. So um, PFL gained a ton of popularity, I think, from just being on, you know, whatever channel I think it was on before and it was just always free. So you could watch it. You could follow the whole series. They did the thing where you had multiple fights in one night, which was really interesting there for a while, where you did the two-round fights, and you could fight twice in a night. Um, so going to pay-per-view, you know, I don't know if that was the best idea for them, just because I don't know if now they're not going to keep gaining the followers, or maybe they think they got enough now that it doesn't matter. Um, I know a lot of people are going to pay for UFC fights, but you don't hear people that are like, oh, yeah, let's go watch the PFL tonight. You know, if it's on free, then yeah. So, uh, but going and doing the pay-per-views, I don't really get that. But, yeah, I think you'll – there's definitely a lot of guys that will take, you know, PFL contracts, Bellator contracts that are 100% UFC quality and level guys that take it because they're going to get paid 
five times as much guaranteed to go there. So why would they not? Yeah, absolutely. Now, is this the guy you were talking about? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, I believe him. Uh, I believe he fought on the Contender Series. I'm pot pretty sure that was him. I'm trying to remember who it was. I remember seeing him I, on the Contender Series. I think Series so, too. Years ago. Yeah, he fought on the Contender Series. He did not win the fight. Or he won the fight, I'm sorry, but did not get the contract. Dana said, you shot in the last round, and you kind of like just did enough just to win. We don't need that in the UFC or something, blah, blah, blah. It was like two years ago, and now here he's sitting here. He just made a million bucks. And PFL also guarantees them a pretty good uh, uh, purse, too, for their fights now. You know, before it was kind of like you were fighting for the chance to make a million dollars. It was like five grand, ten grand a fight or something like that, you know, from what I'd heard. Um, and then it got progressively more as you got closer to the title. But now they've got, like, backup fights and like almost like they're on like undercards and stuff and they're paying paying pretty well so um yeah i mean you'll you'll see a lot of guys bounce that way i don't know i think ufc is just so ingrained in people and they have the money to pay more if they really want to so just like michael chandler leaving you know bellator when he became a free agent like everybody would like want to see him in the ufc fight guys like dustin poirier and Khabib and all that. So if the UFC wants you when you come a free agent, they're going to get you. Um, they're going to pay you enough. So the only place that you're going to make more would be boxing. So yeah, and and you know Michael's one of those where he had a name when he came over. So obviously he's not getting that initial contract. He's right. going to be making money from day one. Yeah. But Dana but, them have the thought process too where they don't want people thinking like well is bellator as good as ufc are those guys in the top five of bellator as good as the top five in the ufc and they don't want that so they if they have someone that they think is that quality they i guarantee you are gonna are gonna spend the money and, and bring them over um either to one take them because they are actually the best or even if they go i mean look at ben Askren coming in from one undefeated, dominating everybody when they traded contracts with Demetrius Johnson or whatever, and then he came in and got destroyed in the UFC. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure Dana was loving that because they're like, what were you guys saying about, you know, one fighting had the best fighter in the world at 170 and blah, 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 and he comes in and goes, whatever, 0-3 or 1-3 or whatever the heck he did in the UFC. So gets knocked out by Mazaval first thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, he destroys him. So, um you know, it's uh, they're definitely going to take some great fighters and they're going to pay really well. And there's definitely a lot of guys making a lot of money that would never have ever seen anything close to that in the UFC. Um, so you definitely will see a lot of people bouncing to those um, those organizations. And they, and they do a really good job of recruiting, like especially the PFL from like all over the world. So bringing guys in like a lot of like Russian guys, a lot of guys in like Eastern Europe and. Um, you know, just a lot of places that don't scream like there's a ton of MMA fighters here and they're bringing some good guys in. So, well, and when I heard uh, Mighty Mouse on Joe Rogan's show, you know, he talked good things about one <laughs> and how easy it was to negotiate his fight because he fought, um, shoot, now I can't think of the guy's name who was the Thai fighter, uh, considered one of the best in the world, if not the best. But, um, yeah, but, you know, he talked about how that contract went and how easy it was, but you're absolutely right because I just pulled up the article and it says, 
Remembered as a fighter, UFC president Dana White passed on signing after his appearance on the Contender Series three years ago. So that is exactly who this guy was. Oh, former NCAA. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, oh the, the guy he fought, Jenkins, was a former NCAA wrestling champion. Yeah, Jenkins was a like Arizona State guy or something back in the day. Um, oh, wow. I don't think he was on the Olympic team, but I think he was like tried out and was like close to making the Olympic team. Like he was a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, you're right. He uh, 2011, 157 pound uh, at Arizona State, Division One yeah. national champ. Yeah, because that's when uh, that would have been the year I graduated high school. So when I was coming out of high school, he was you know I was following obviously collegiate wrestling a bunch because um, I was competing in wrestling myself in high school. So that he was uh, he was a big name back then. Okay. Wow, and and Brendan Lofnain won a million a million bucks for that fight. Million dollars. Boom. That's hard to pass up. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's more than a lot of guys that are actually well known UFC fighters. That might be more than their career earnings. You know, inside the yeah. octagon much less for one fight, so. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see, I can see a lot more free agency, if you want to call it that, yeah. later. Yeah. So. I mean, see if they got Anthony Pettis this year. Um, I know Jacare, he's done with MMA, but there was he was kind of talking a little bit about bouncing there. Lyoto was talking about possibly going over there. Um you know, they're at the tail end of their career. They're kind of off their UFC contract, so why not go over there and be a big name, draw a little bit, PFL wins because they got a huge name on their promotion, and those guys are going to get paid really well at the tail end of their career where they may not have, you know, or wouldn't have in the UFC, so. It makes you wonder, too, then, let's take someone at the top of their game, like a Francis Ngannou. What, I mean, what, what type of money, if he, if he was at the end of his contract, his four fights are up. I wonder what kind of money PFL would offer him to come and fight for them. Yeah, that'd be curious to see. But I think whatever they did offer him, that UFC, if they want to, can beat. So if they want to keep him, they'll, they'll They could. Beat. Yeah. I don't but think, I think they, that would – I, oh, I feel yeah. like that would change the entire structure for everybody at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, – because Francis has been talking about that now. He's been battling with the UFC for a while now. And he's got a new management company, so um, – He's not button heads as bad as he was, even though he gets along with Dana. There was a lot of stuff about them not getting paid enough and, you know, all that kind of good stuff um, for a while. So he was really kind of beefing with them on pay. And, you know, there was, he was, what he was wanting was, he was wanting to do a Conor McGregor and he was wanting to go box and box Tyson Fury. So, um, you know, they even brought him over to Europe after Tyson's one of Tyson's fights uh, like a year ago and brought him in the ring after and kind of did like a promo and about them boxing. So he was wanting to be able to box in between and just make a big payday, um, which he probably would make more in boxing tenfold than he did in MMA. So um, I'm sure that's why he wanted to do it. So uh, especially if he's going to box like Tyson Fury, who's just, you know, one of the greatest heavyweight boxers ever, definitely the best of our generation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've been watching UFC since it was either UFC 1 or 2. 
I thought it was one for the longest time. Then I'm like, well, maybe it was UFC 2 when I went back and looked at, at the cards. But my point is, I remember when the UFC did some cross-promotion with Pride, and Chuck Liddell went over there and, and fought. Um, I almost feel like it would be in the UFC's best interest. Why not do a cross-promotion with whomever it is that promotes Tyson Fury? And have a massive pay-per-view. Everybody can get paid. And guys well, they can did make that. a huge payday. Yeah, they did that with Connor. Con- I mean, Dana White was with Connor and stuff. I mean, they, they got paid because Connor was under UFC contract. So they got their money too uh, when Connor fought Floyd. So um, I could see them doing that in boxing potentially. I just think that the management company probably wanted to exclude them. The UFC is like, uh uh-uh, he's under contract with us. Like, unless we're getting paid, he ain't getting paid. So, um, you know, it just comes down to the business side of things. I don't see yeah. them ever doing that in MMA. Like, I know one has been calling for that for a long time, like trying to do, like, a champion versus champion. But there's no win for the UFC if you think about it because if they win, it's just going to be like, oh, they're kind of expected to win. It's the UFC. It's supposed to be the best, you know, biggest promotion in the world MMA-wise. And if they lose, it just damages their brand. So I don't think you'll ever see them take that risk because there's just no – from a monetary and business standpoint, I don't ever see them doing that on the MMA side, but now bounce, letting the guys bounce out to boxing because, like, to me, it's the dumbest thing ever as far as MMA guys going to boxing and people being that interested. Like, it's curious to see, but that's like taking a track guy and that's a sprinter in the 100 meters and putting him in the, you know, the hurdles. Like, yeah, he's going to do probably really well compared to, you know, a normal person or, or like a, even other athletes, but he's not going to outrun a, a medalist in the in the hurdles so you take like a high level boxer and you put him against an mma guy in boxing that just it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense it's just two completely different sports so right your ducks are different you're you just everything is different it's just two even though it's one's boxing one's mma one's mixed and one's just boxing it's two completely different sports so you know mma guys are like you know we're like decathletes, you know, we got to be really good at everything. Just like an operator has to be really good at everything. And then we talked about that on the podcast a little bit where, you know, then you got specialists like we're, you know, USPSA and action shooters are specialists in action pistol shooting and the best at that. So it's great for them to cross train with those guys and to learn from, you know, MMA guys are the same way. Like if you want to be high level and good in MMA anymore, you can't just be a one trick pony. You got to be good at everything. You got to be like a decathlete that's good at everything, and then maybe have two or one or two aspects of your game that's the best there is um, for you, and maybe is able to compete at that highest level. But if you take a decathlete at the Olympics and put them against like the sprinters and the whatever other of the ten events, he's not going to be anywhere close to meddling probably in any of the individual events. He's just the best all around. So that's kind of how MMA is. So when you take an MMA guy out of MMA and put him in boxing, it's just like putting him in a whole new category of, you know, other outside of the puncher's chance, you know, what's what's the point? So like Connor and Floyd, that was just that was just a money deal and a business deal. And they made a lot of money, so good on them. But I'm like I don't like like Tyson boxing Francis, you know, unless Francis happens to maybe catch him somehow. I mean, Francis doesn't hit harder than Deontay Wilder, I guarantee you. And you saw Deontay Wilder couldn't knock out Tyson Fury in three fights. I thought he a, did on one of them. It looked like it. I mean, but he sat, sat up. up. <laughs> Undertaker, <like> Undertaker. <laughs> was insane, but you know, 
So it's just like, I'm like, it's just, it, to me, it's not that appealing. I think it's interesting to see. I love cross training. I mean, I do a ton of boxing. Like, you know, you've seen, you know, Mike, you know, you see me in the boxing gym at least three times a week, typically, if I'm getting ready for a fight. And then, but same thing, I'm also in a gi two or three times a week, you know, if I right. can. You know, that's like, you know, so there's, I'm trying to be good at everything. It's MMA, it's mixed. You know, you got to have skill sets and everything. So to put them in a the boxing just, isn't that a it's just i'm not a huge fan like i think it's cool but and interesting and fans like it so keep on doing it let them get paid because it's a business at the end of the day but it's just it doesn't make any doesn't make a lot of sense to me i i think it does if if you're francis and ganu and you get oh yeah for million dollars 40 50 mil yeah yeah but I, but i i agree with you generally but i think for those few that could do it I think there's enough draw there that monetarily would it would make perfect business sense for him. I would not. I wouldn't. I mean, would you blame Francis if you walked away from the UFC and took one fight for someone like Tyson and made even if he made twenty something million? That's probably more than he's made in the UFC at this point in his career. If you take yeah. out his endorsements and stuff, which he's going to have regardless, I mean, he's that's that's way more than he's going to make even versus a John Jones. So that's more than yeah. he's gonna make. So I don't. I wouldn't blame him at all. I would. No. Nope. You know, why not? Well, that's what I had. Did um. Was there anything you can think of coming up in the future that would be a topic to talk about? No, we'll just wait to see. Um, curious to see what happens with you know Jones and Naganu and all them getting that on paper. Um, I'll keep you updated when. I get ink on paper too for my next fight, and then we'll maybe here pretty soon. We'll have a lot more to a lot more to talk about. So have the shooter awesome. box, shooter box back there. Sure. Get, okay, get that. that's what that is. Yeah, get that broke back out and um, get healed up here from you know the hand be completely healed. Get the knee healed up here and um, had some stuff done on my neck too. Get that um, all healed up and tackle. 2023 see what happens so when would you guesstimate to be active when would you hope to have your next fight uh february would be ideal i feel good i just need uh cardio wise i'm in good i just need my body to be good enough to actually get back in the the rounds of sparring and the shark tank uh that we need to have in to to get to that speed so um conditioning wise strength wise you know, not worried about that at all. Uh, as far as that, it's just getting that caught back up to that speed and not being that. You know, when you get out for a little bit of time and you can't train as hard as you normally do, you're just that little bit of a step behind, whether it's in jiu-jitsu or boxing or anything like that. So just getting those rounds of sparring in is really what tightens everything up. So strength-wise, though, I mean, right before I hurt my knee, I mean, I'm about to go now and try deadlifts for the first time in a couple of weeks. They told me it'd be fine to try. Just that the impact is the only thing I can't really have. So. I was back up to pulling triple body weight right at. So, you know, strength-wise is there. You know, right before I hurt the knee, my 5K, I ran the fastest 5K I've ever ran in my life. So cardio and strength-wise, I felt good. And now it's just getting the getting the sparring and the actual everything zeroed in. So Now would that be in Florida? Uh, No, no. I mean, it could be. My last fight was in Florida, it could, but it, it could be um, – could be really anywhere we have no idea where where it'll be so it just depends on the date there's fights 
all over all different shows different times so it could be could be anywhere it's all up to sea so florida's nice because okay. it's easy travel and um if i gotta cut weight you know i can do most of it at the gym or home and have an easy travel day or go there and get it done you know the fight week is a lot easier when the travel's not as bad um plus it's always nice to be closer to home but doesn't really matter we'll go we'll go wherever they send us so all right and what banner would that be uh that's what we're waiting to see we've got we're looking at a couple right now so um kind of got one more fight to get knocked out we need to uh handle business on that to get out to vegas um for the fight hopefully after that would be the goal um and uh keep making get back on you know track for that run so got a couple different people we're talking to so we'll have to i'll we'll to see who puts ink down first and who we actually sign with so a couple different options so as soon as soon as i know for sure you'll know <laughs> awesome as soon as i know i'll post it perfect all right well i look forward to doing this again probably first week maybe week and a half of of january and hopefully by then we'll know more about what's going on with the uh the other fights yeah absolutely it'll be good to see and hopefully we'll get lane on here because i'd love to have both of you on to be able to talk he's also a bjj black belt so um and joel he's like me he's just a an mma enthusiast and he does a little bit of grappling so yeah we gotta get you down to florida so you come come to the gym you gotta roll some when you're here so we gotta get you in there let you let you try it out i don't think i've really grappled since i wrestled in high school well we can we can so fix be that. interesting yeah we can fix that it'd be a good be a good post all for right you. yeah we'll get you in there and we'll get you down there you know what we could do we could we could we could sell like a ufc grappling match we'll get like you and brian and we'll just we'll do like a do like a uspsa half sanction like grappling match maybe we could do it at nationals we could probably sell tickets to it and sell probably could sell tickets to it well, like, we'll maybe will we someone we'll get someone to coach you someone to coach brian we'll get a ref or you know we'll get a couple guys and we'll just i i i told that you men last time like hey when we start throwing like if we start throwing some like jiu-jitsu in here or some like amateur boxing in these matches i'm like come on let's let's diversify a little bit so there you go. The side match will be they're MMA. Never, they're never going to listen to me, but, well. <laughs> of course not. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, JR, it was good talking to you. We'll have to do this again. All right. Sounds good. All right.